Thank you very much. Um, that's awesome, Jason. Just love hearing your story, mate. And you know, it's incredible because this is what God does uh, in and through people's lives. And even if you come as a skeptic, uh, skeptic tonight, I think you kind of probably picked that up a little bit. And even Jason's story, he was a bit skeptical, but here's a man who testifies tonight of a life that's been changed and transformed. And this is what God does. He can change and transform any life. And uh, even if you're here tonight and you're even, you're not, you're not too sure, but there's something in, inside of you that thought, gee, it would be amazing uh, if this Christmas message, this message of a Savior coming and dying and laying down his life for me could be true. Uh, then I want to encourage you tonight that, uh, to encourage you to be willing uh, to consider just putting your trust and your faith uh, in Christ. Because as uh, Jason's already shared, uh, your life could be changed as well. This is what God does. It's absolutely amazing. Now, no doubt for many of you, you come and maybe it's been a really busy season in the lead up to, uh, to Christmas. Uh, maybe you just wrapped up work on Friday or maybe you're still, you know, working uh, or maybe tomorrow is going to be really busy or you've been buying heaps of presents and you've, uh, you know, you've, you've got, done all the shopping and all sorts of things. And in the midst of the busyness, we can actually lose the, the heart and the real meaning of the Christmas. And like I said, the, the heart and the meaning of Christmas is about uh, a Savior who was born. And you know, this Savior is not just born for some, or he's not just born for the elite, but he's born for every single person. If you're willing to say, if you're willing to uh, be open to discovering what this could mean uh, for your life, it could have a dramatic impact on your life, change your life forever and for, uh, for eternity. It's extraordinary. And uh, the message of Christmas is this, that a Savior was born, a Savior in Christ, that he might live and then lay down his life so that we could know what it means to have a restored relationship with God. It's absolutely remarkable. And what we discover is this, is we discover it's an extraordinary message of love, an extraordinary message of a God who wants to be in relationship with humanity. You know, recently I've been reading through and reading through Jeremiah, and again, I read about how, uh, you know, even through the Old Testament and the, and the New Testament, time and time again, we see extraordinary evidence of a God, a creator God who longs to have relationship with his children. It's amazing. You see, so often God gets a bad rap and, you know, there's no way he could love me. There's no way he could accept me. There's no way I could have a relationship with God. There's no way I could come in, into a church building, you know, uh, because there's just no way God could accept me. But God uh, desires to know you personally. God desires to have a relationship with you. It's an extraordinary, it's extraordinary love story. That's what it is. That's the message of Christmas, a Savior coming because He loves you, because He longs to have a relationship with you. That's the real message of Christmas. That's the true message of Christmas. You know, I remember hearing uh, many years ago now about a testimony of a guy who came to faith, you know, similar to Jason's, but it was his own journey. And uh, he was involved as a, as a professional uh, BMX rider. He was involved in a ministry uh, that took place that we were a part of at a time there. And uh, he was in all the different videos. He was in, involved in all the different magazines, the BMX riding, you know, kids would want his autograph. He was, he was really well known in this particular area. And uh, he had an accident, a really unfortunate accident. It was looking really bad. He potentially couldn't ride anymore and all that sort of stuff. He was in hospital for quite a long period of time. Now, he wasn't a Christian guy or believed in God or anything like that. But when he was in hospital, he discovered, you know, so many people wanted to see him and know him when he was at the peak of his riding career. Uh, but uh, all of a sudden he finds himself in hospital and no one came to visit him except there was two or three uh, that would come and visit him. And you know who they were? They were these Christians that were involved in his life. 
And he said it was through that that he began to experience and see the love of these people. And no one else came to see him. Everyone kind of deserted him. But you know what he experienced in that time? He experienced the love of God. He experienced and encountered God's love through that as these Christians would come and, uh, and visit him. And it's a fascinating thing because the Bible talks about that if you're a Christian, you're an ambassador for Christ here on this earth, that you're a representative of him on this earth. It's an extraordinary thought. You show others around you what God's like, what his character is like. It's quite challenging, actually. But he discovered that and he experienced that as they came and visited him and showed love and showed mercy and showed grace. He encountered what God is like and he became a Christian. His life was changed and transformed. And this is what the message of Christmas is all about. It's about the love of God. And if you haven't experienced it before, if you haven't encountered it before, I want to urge you, I want to encourage you. It's the greatest thing you could ever encounter in your life because it changes everything. It changes everything. You know, there's a great passage in 1 John 4, and it says this in verse 9 and verse 10. But it says in verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And it goes on to say in verse 10, this is love. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, this is the message of Christmas. Yes, you may be here and you think, it's just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. There's no way this God could love me. You know, you know, you know when you've fallen short. You know the guilt of when you've stuffed up. We've all experienced that before. And, you know, when, and often God gets a bad rap. You know, there's no way he could accept me, no way he could love me, you know, uh, that God's out there to get us. But it's simply not true. The message of Christmas is a God that goes out of his way so that he can have a relationship with his children, a relationship with humanity. It's an extraordinary thing. People say, how could he love me? You know, uh, you know uh, I remember when um, a mate of mine asked me this great question, grade 11 at the time, and he said, if you get to the gates of heaven and God says, why should I let you in? What are you going to say? I didn't really know, but I just assumed that I'd been sort of good enough, that maybe if he's a good God, he'd let me in. And we began to talk more about it. And often people say that, you know, maybe if he's a good God, he'll just uh, let me in or I, I could know him. But, you know, there's a few complications with that. Firstly, how good is good enough? But secondly, people often say, oh, well, well we know what, you know, good is because there's the Ten Commandments. If I just follow that, then, then he'll accept me. But it's fascinating because in the Ten Commandments, it talks about, you know, just to list a few things. It talks about, you know, do not steal. It talks about uh, not using his name in vain. It talks about not lying. It talks about, you know, not committing adultery. Even Jesus said, even if you looked at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. It talks about honoring your mother and your father. Now, who of us, even from just those few alone, could stand here and say, I've, I've completed, I've fulfilled all of those. I literally stand here today perfect. None of us could stand before a holy and righteous God and stand before him and say, I'm innocent, like I'm completely innocent. The Bible talks about where we fall short of the moral standard of God, then we stand guilty before God. Now, for some of you thinking, this is exactly why I don't come to church, like exactly. But this is, don't you see, I want you to understand, this is why this is such good news. Because God loves you so much. The wages of sin is death. I am guilty. Without Christ, I stand guilty before a righteous and holy God. I don't get to receive eternal life. I don't get to receive heaven. I'm guilty before all this God. But did you hear verse 10? Uh, did you hear verse 10? It says this, this is love. Not that, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. 
as an atoning sacrifice um, for our sins. What does atoning mean? It means to make amends for an offense or a wrongdoing. Jesus became the atoning sacrifice on our behalf. I am guilty. Without Christ, I'm guilty before righteous God, and so are you. But the good news of Christmas is this, is that Jesus steps in and he becomes the sacrifice that we desperately need. That's what the Savior is all about. We need a Savior. We need a Savior. You know, just the other day, I was talking to somebody about eternity, whether it's hell or heaven. It's a scary thought. This is what prompted me to come to faith because I was terrified of dying, knowing, you know, we live 80 years, maybe 90 years, could be less. We don't know, but it comes, death comes to us all. And the thought of knowing that I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to enter into absolute blackness, blackness, before I became a Christian, utter blackness, and I would never get out of that state. Even when I spent another 90 years there, even when beyond that I spent another 100 years, let's take another 1,000 years in a state of blackness. When will I ever get out? It is horrifically terrifying. And that's what prompted me to go, maybe there's hope, maybe there's hope. The Bible indicates there is hope for you. It's hope is in Christ. He's the saviour. He says he is the atoning sacrifice. So that when you stand before a righteous and holy God, your entry point is Jesus alone. It's because of the sacrifice he made for you and me that we walk away scot-free. It's an extraordinary thought. This is the good news of Christmas. This is the extraordinary news. If there's ever even a single bit of thought of like, what is going to happen with me after I die? What is going to take place? I urge you to put your trust and faith in this. I urge you. This is our hope. This is our hope. Max Licardo, he states this. It's a great quote. He says, this is an unpopular yet essential truth. He says, all ships that land at the shore of grace weigh anchor from the port of sin. We must start where God starts. We won't appreciate what grace does until we understand who we are. He says, we're rebels. Uh, we are uh, Barabbas. Like him, we deserve to die. Four prison walls thickened with fear, hurt and hate surround us. We are incarcerated by our past, our low road choices and our high-minded pride. We have been found guilty. We sit on the floor of the dusty cell awaiting the final moment. Our executioner's footsteps echo against the stone walls, head between knees. We don't look up as he opens the door. We don't lift our eyes as he begins to speak. We know what he is going to say. Time to pay for your sins. But we hear something else. You're free to go. They took Jesus instead of you. The door swings open. The guard barks. Get out. And we find ourselves in the light of the morning sun, shackles gone, crimes pardoned, wondering what just happened. Love and grace just happened. This is the good news of the Christmas message. And tonight you have an opportunity to respond. Tonight you have an opportunity to say, I want to surrender this. I want to know the Saviour. I want to know what it's like to have absolute, absolute certainty of eternal life. It's incredible news, extraordinary, extraordinary news.
You know, uh, during a British conference on comparative religions, experts from around the world debated what, if any, belief was unique to the Christian faith. They began eliminating possibilities, incarnation, while other religions had different versions of gods appearing in human form. Resurrection, again, other religions had accounts of return from death. The debate went on for some time until C.S. Lewis wandered into the room. What's all the rumpus about, he asked. Um, And he heard in reply that his colleagues were discussing Christianity's unique contribution among world religions. Lewis responded this. He said, oh, that's easy. It's grace. After some discussion, the conferees had to agree. The notion of God's love coming to us free of charge, no strings attached, seems to go against every instinct of humanity. The Buddhist Eightfold Path, the Hindu doctrine of karma, the Jewish covenant, and the Muslim code of law, each of these offers a way to earn approval. Only Christianity dares to make God's love unconditional. Unconditional. When I share with you tonight, I share with you this extraordinary news that the Christmas message is one of God's extraordinary love and grace to humanity, to you to you, littered throughout the Bible. It's a love story of God longing to come and show and reveal his mercy and his grace and his love to show you that he wants a relationship with you, that he can lead you, that he can guide you and that there is a future hope and that if you would be willing to put your trust and your faith in him, everything will change, everything will change for the better. To know and to have security of eternal life, to know that you can Uh, have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And now is your time. Now is your opportunity here and online as well. This is your opportunity. And I urge you, don't miss this opportunity to know him for yourself. The greatest message anybody could ever hear. Father God, I thank you for your word. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, there's some here right now, their hearts pounding, maybe even tears in their eyes. They know they need you. They know they need you. And the truth of the matter is this, every single one of us needs you. If we could eradicate our pride, if we could get rid of this self-centered way of life, if we could uh, stop thinking that we can do this life on our own and start understanding and realizing that we need a Savior and how that would change our lives. But of course, we thank you, God, that you have made a way so that we could know you. Christmas message is not a one of doom and gloom, but a message that a Savior has been born for all people. And I thank you for that. There's some here that they know they need to respond to you. They don't even know why. They didn't even want to be here tonight. But as they sit here, they know with their heart pounding that you are speaking to them. If that's you tonight here in the auditorium, if that's you online, in your head and in your heart, you can pray a simple prayer. It's just an acknowledgement of what God has done and 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 a heart to say, I want... Uh, him to be Lord and save my life. You pray this prayer. Dear God, I want to thank you for coming to this earth. I want to thank you for dying for my sin. I want to thank you for rising again, overcoming death. And I want to thank you for being Lord and Savior. Come and fill me now. Come and fill me with your presence. Be Lord and Savior in this moment right now. Lead me and guide me. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for those that responded here, for those that responded online, great God. And I thank you for the message of Christmas. 
I thank you that this is the greatest news in the whole world. It's the greatest message that anybody could ever hear. A message of extraordinary love, extraordinary grace, extraordinary mercy for every single person. This isn't for the elite. It's not just for some, it's for every person. We just are in awe of you. We love you. It's the least we can say. We love you, God. You're amazing. And we worship and we honour you this very Christmas. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.